here at, uh, at the church. Today we're going to be splitting, uh, sp- how many of you have enjoyed the, the Chosen and us going through uh, season two? How many of you enjoy that? All three of us. <laughs> we, we have been going through episode two. How many of you have actually been watching it? Raise your hand if you've been watching it. Oh, not bad. How many have already watched it and you feel like you don't have to watch it again? Um, so we're in this series. There's three elements of the series. One is to watch it. Uh, two is to soap the verses that are in the study guide. And three is to jump into a small group and discuss it. Uh, I was talking to my mom. Mom, can you raise your hand? That's Susan Asato. She's the one that used to give me spankings all the time. I always talk about it in my messages. But, um, but she, she was saying, and she's been a Christian like forever, right? So, and she said that she gets so much more out of the series when she gets to hear what other people are getting uh, from, the, from uh, the episodes and stuff. So if she can say that she's getting a whole lot more in a small group than anyone can. Before we get started, uh, I want to make um, uh, Mako really awkward. Mako, can you stand up? Everyone say hi, Mako. So this is Mako's last week. She's been an exchange student at a Japanese program, and she's brought tons of her friends to church, and she's never missed a Sunday except, no, she didn't miss a Sunday because she went to um, Oahu, but she went to a Grace Bible Church over there, spent her own money to catch an Uber to go to Grace Bible there, and then went to Kauai and went to a church there in Kauai. I think it was King's Cathedral when you were there. But uh, I feel like God brought her into our lives that she's experienced God in a unique way. And one of the things that, you know, is, is interesting about her is that she has no shame. Because you think, like, Japanese people, they have shame. She has no shame. <laughs> and I have certain places in the house that I like to sit. And she always sits exactly where I want to sit. <laughs> she takes my seat. And I say, hey, that's my seat. And she goes, no, it's my seat. And she, she even, like, made a, a card that said Mako. And she put her card on the seat that out of all the seats in the house she takes my seat and um but but I think that there's a spiritual significance in that because you take your place even if somebody else is there and (laughs) and when you go back to Japan God's going to use you to extend his kingdom and take the place of things that are currently there so is there anything that you want to share before we pray for you this is your last Sunday Nine months living with us. Okay. Hi, I'm Mako. Uh, I'm living with Asato family. And then the pa- this past month is the most wonderful time in my life. And then before I come here, I didn't know about Jesus or God at all. But now I'm so glad to be here. And then I love this church and then church family. Uh, I love, I, I miss Asado family and you guys so much. And then I hope no one becomes the target of your teasing <laughs> after I leave. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. You're a wonderful pastor. Why don't we pray for her? Um, <laughs> pastor Eddie, you want to pray for Mako? Just a send off. Lord, we just thank you for your divine appointments that you schedule in our lives and set up. And Mako's being here is not an accident, but 
because of your love for her and what you have in plan for her life and her future, uh, you have uh, blessed her life to bring her here, to teach her so much. And we just believe you that all that you have uh, planted in her life will, as a seed, grow into a beautiful, beautiful flower that will be the expression of your kingdom wherever she goes, uh, as she goes back home, as she uh, is involved in the careers in her future, you will make her a fragrance that will be uh, sweet and precious to everyone around them, around her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. So we are in the episode called The Spirit. And this is... Um, this episode showed, demonstrated the power of God over the supernatural and over demons. Um, how many of you, we live in Hawaii. Hawaii is a very spiritual place. But how many of you have ever uh, heard of night marchers? How many of you have ever, ever seen night, night marchers? Anybody ever seen? One person? Anyone, ever, anyone else ever seen? Night, oh, a couple people. Okay. How many of you have ever experienced chest press? Have you guys heard of chest press? Yeah, a lot of people. So raise your hand if you've experienced chest press. So that's like when you can't, you can't talk, you can't move, and it can be a scary thing in between like uh, uh, sleeping and awake. Um, there's a lot of different spiritual things. And, and as Christians, we believe in the, the spiritual aspect of life, that there, it's not just the physical things that we see, but there are spiritual things. Um, and sometimes people go to extremes on these uh, areas. You have Christians that, that identify demons under every rock, and then you have Christians that are like, demons don't exist. They can't influence Christians' lives. And I think that the, the median is right somewhere in the middle. Um, I remember when I was growing up that I didn't, I didn't um, ever see spirits. I didn't experience spirits. And so when I got to high school, I got all my friends, and we went to the opposite extreme, and we went ghost hunting every weekend. So how many of you went ghost hunting? I think that's a part of like every, the passage of rights for every Hawaiian person. Oh yeah, there's like, raise your hand. Be proud if you're a ghost hunter, you know, obake hunter, whatever you call it, uh, white lady, uh, whatever. Um, so we used to go to all the graveyards and like, you know, try look for ghosts and stuff. And, and I remember one time we went all the, like we walked up to Iao Valley in the middle of the night. And so we're walking up to Yao Valley. How many of you have done that? I just want to see the other crazy people. Yeah, so we're walking up to Yao Valley in the middle of the night. And I kid you not, like around the corner, two white figures, two white figures like come across uh, around the corner. And we start freaking out. Like, I don't know if my sister remembers this, but it was my sister and all of her friends. And we're like walking, we're walking and I'm thinking, okay, I remember all the scriptures are like, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a love power and a sound mind. And I'm just like walking, right? And, and, and Jason Mundy, Kathy Mundy's uh, son, she's like, are we going to run? What, what are we going to, why are we still going toward those things? And I'm like, just, we're, just, we're going to keep on going. And we keep going closer and closer. And you know what it was? Two hollies. It was. And they, and they were dressed in all white. And they waved to us, and we waved, and we walked by, and we were like, what the heck was that? Who the heck comes to, you know, Yao Valley at 10 o'clock at night dressed in all white? Anyway. 
that was like one of our, our crazy experiences. Um, but I did go to, a, I, and so we used to like, you know, look for, for ghosts and whatnot. One of the times that I, that was very, um, very obvious that the supernatural is real was we went to a, a, a mission trip and it was to Philippines and it's this a southern province called San Pablo, which was very active with witch doctors and stuff. And um, the, the night before we had our, our uh, outreach, the, um, one of my uh, the teammates, he said, I just had this, the craziest dream. I had this dream that there was this, I didn't even plan to tell you this story, but <laughs> can I tell you this story? Andrea's freaking out. She's like, what about all the visitors? What about all the new people that don't believe in ghosts? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so this guy had a, a dream of this lady, this lady that had white hair, and she was like practicing witchcraft in front of us. And he woke up and he's like, man, we need to pray. We need to pray and we need to fast because there's something crazy going on here. So we started praying. And as we started praying, like he, he felt like the, the darkness lift. And so we were like, okay, good. So we went to this house, and the house was this, like, orphanage, but they were experiencing all of this uh, spiritual activity in the house and kids, you know, having different nightmares and seeing uh, different things. And so long story short, we found out that before that orphanage was there, that it was inhabited by a warlock, by a, a witch uh, in the Philippines. And we saw all the different places where she would do her human sacrifice, not human, her animal sacrifices and uh, all this different kind of stuff. And there was this one closet that we had to go to to kind of clean out the closet to see if there was like spiritual things in it. And so um, when we got to the closet, there was, it was all stuff wrapped in like uh, paper, paper bag kind of stuff. So you couldn't see what was there. And so uh, the person who was leading our mission team said, when you feel something weird, when you touch it, and if it feels weird, then we're going to open it up and get rid of it. So we're praying for all these things, and, you know, you open it up, and you see tarot cards. You open it up, you see, like, these wooden blocks that have all these weird things on it. Like, all these different things were, were coming out of the closet, and they're putting it on the side to burn it. And then on the, the, the wall, there was this picture, and it was this picture of this lady. And when I saw it, it just made me feel, like, really uncomfortable. So I turned the, I turned the, um, the picture backwards so that it was facing the wall. And then, um, and then so the guy that had the dream came up to me, and he's like, why is this picture turned backwards? And I said, because when I saw it, it just made me feel weird. And he said, so he got the picture, he turned it around, he jumped back, he was like, that's the lady that was in my dream. And I was like, whoa. And then so he said, but in, in my dream, she had long white hair, and in that picture, she had dark hair. And then right as he was saying that, they pulled out of the closet this white wig, that of long white hair and all of us just got chicken skin we're like oh <laughs> and so we just like prayed for the place we like um you know got rid of all the the tarot cards and the ouija stuff and all the weird stuff and then we prayed through the place and just blessed it uh, anointed it with oil prayed for jesus's presence to be there and then when we got back uh, to hawaii the lady that um asked us to come and pray for the orphanage she called us and she said since you guys left We've had no experiences, and it, there's a lightness in the orphanage that we know that what you guys did and, and burning all that stuff and ca casting out whatever spirits, you, that all of our kids aren't having dreams anymore. Nobody's seeing things, and we just want to let you know that, that we believe that God's presence is here in a power, you know, powerful way. So that was like one of my first experiences in um, 
that was just like, you know, encounter with supernatural stuff. And um, I just, I, 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 so let's, let's read this and we'll get started. Um, Ephesians 6, 12. There is darkness, there are, there is evil, but God has given us power over evil. Let's uh, read Ephesians 6, 12 together. One, two, three. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, and that's such an important thing to keep at the forefront of our minds, especially when we're having uh, conflict with people who don't know Christ. Whenever you're in the world and, and there is a conflict, a lot of times we automatically get bitter or upset at the person that we're having that conflict with, completely ignoring the aspect that there is a spiritual dimension that we are children of light and that there is darkness and that we wrestle not just against flesh and blood, against bad personalities, against a person that, you know, is difficult to work with, but we wrestle not just against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And as believers, when you receive the Lord into your heart and you're walking in the Spirit and you have His Spirit in you, if there's something that's not of God, they're not going to like what's going on in your life. And a lot of times, we don't take that into the calculus of our interactions with other people. And maybe sometimes some people over-spiritualize it, but I think that it's important that we don't, uh, we don't overlook the importance of the aspect that we don't wrestle against just flesh and blood. Um, we're going to be splitting up the word. There's three major points about spiritual warfare that we want to talk about this morning. Uh, the episode, The Chosen, is entitled The Spirit. And it shows the conflict between uh, the demonic realm and the natural realm, or the physical realm. God has given us, so there's three points. I'm going to cover the first one. Pastor Lance is going to cover the second one. Pastor Eddie's going to cover the third. And these are the points. Number one, that God has given us authority and we have nothing to fear. Number two, Satan can only operate in the authority that we as believers give him in our lives. And then number three, one of the greatest spiritual weapons that God has given to us as believers is forgiveness. Um, so I'm going to jump into number one. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you have created us, spirit, soul, and body, and that you have given us all authority over the enemy, that the spiritual darkness and, and what we wrestle against is not something that we should fear, that all authority has been given to you, and you have given us authority to make disciples and not to fear the enemy and any of the things that he has against us. We recognize that the enemy is real and that Satan's mission is to steal, kill, and to destroy, and that there is power, but God, that your power that is in us is greater than the power of, the, of he that's in the world. And so, Lord, we pray that you would illuminate your word to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. I remember... Uh, these two scriptures, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. First John 4, 4. And then the second scripture, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Um, I remember one of the earliest experiences uh, was with my daughter, Alexis. And how many of you have had kids that uh, right when they're like two, three years old, they start struggling with nightmares and bad dreams, and then they come to your room and they want to sleep with you. How many of you have experienced that as parents? And I, I think that's a normal, it's a normal thing. 
um, our daughter at the age of three years old, maybe three, four years old, she would come to our she would come to our house or come to our house, come to our room, and then want to sleep with us because she was having all these nightmares. And I made her memorize these two scriptures: that greater is He that is in me than He that's in the world. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And whenever she would have those nightmares, I told her, recite this scripture. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And in a couple of uh, evenings, all of those dreams went away, and I got my bed back. But I, 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 want, I want to empower any parents that are going through that or have kids that age, that this is a great opportunity to show them that God's power is greater than the power that's in the world. Um, I'm going to call Pastor Lat. Um, I mean, I can keep going, but... What, what, okay, one more thing, one more thought. God has, given us, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Everyone say power, love, sound mind. Okay? Uh, Pastor Lance, he, he did this awesome word right after COVID happened. And he preached out of this scripture. And I realized that when somebody has a spirit of fear on them, when Satan attacks someone with a spirit of fear, one of the things, the first indications is you feel powerless. You feel like you don't have any control of the situation. And during COVID, because there was so much fear, everyone felt powerless, even government officials. And when, power, when government officials, uh, officials feel powerless, what is the one thing that they grab for? Power. And that why, that's why there is a, a power overreach, is because of a spirit of fear. But God said he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power. He has given you control, even control over sickness and death, that even if we were to die, we shall live because we're people of the resurrection. Amen? There's nothing that we should fear, not sickness or death, because he has overcome death. So he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power. So when we fall into a spirit of fear, there's a, a feeling of powerlessness. When you feel powerless, what's the next thing? It says power, love, right? When you feel you're out of power and you're full of fear, is it easy to love? No. That's why we saw so much hate in our culture, is because people were afraid. And they were afraid of each other. This person's not getting vaccinated. That person thinks that we're bad because we're getting vaccinated. All this stuff was going on, and hatred and division was happening because of a spirit of fear. Love, power, love, and then what's the last thing? A sound mind. Fear breeds confusion. Does it make any sense that in the port of an airport, when you're walking into a plane, you need to stand six feet apart? to stop the spread of coronavirus, but as soon as you go into the plane, you're sitting shoulder to shoulder. But we lose our soundness of mind when there's fear. Jesus said he gives us the opposite of fear, which is power, love, and a sound mind. So if you ever start feeling confusion, if you ever start feeling hatred, if you ever start feeling a feeling of powerlessness, hold God to his word and his scripture and say, God, you haven't given me a spirit of fear, but of power, everyone say power, love, and a sound mind, sound mind. The believers that have Christ in their hearts should be the ones championing a spirit of love. Amen? And that was Pastor Lance's word when he shared that. So, uh, can you give Pastor Lance a hand as he comes and takes the second point? Pastor John should continue. Do you guys want him to continue? I think so. He's the, that was great. 
Uh, okay, <laughs> the point that I'm covering is uh, Satan only operates with the authority we give him. So think about that. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And, uh, you know, talking about um, experiences with the, the devil or his angels. And uh, one night I was, when I was a young Christian, I did get oppressed. I couldn't talk. I was frozen, and there was something on me, and I knew it wasn't God. And there I was, and the only thing that came to my mind was, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I kept saying that, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus in my mind because I couldn't talk. And then all of a sudden, it left. So the power of God, God's word and authority in Jesus' name that we can use. So the word of God tells when the enemy comes against us, we have the ability, as Pastor John said, a and a choice to resist, stand, overcome, and be victorious against the enemy because of Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of lords. We know that there is a devil, but we also know we have a choice to allow the devil to control our lives. And Ephesians 4, 6 says, be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. First, anger can lead you down to the path of sin. Anger might is not a sin until it leads you to that place. So basically, it's what you do in anger. I remember when I had, you have a choice. And when I was going to Oahu to see my brother when he was, um, yeah, it was an important time. And it was, I was all stressed because of the time and everything. And I wanted to catch an earlier flight, and I see my friends. Then we were trying to catch an earlier flight standby, and then we didn't get on. And then uh, they called our flight to go. And so I was standing in line going through, and I was a little stressed because of time and everything. And then when it came to my ticket, the lady said, she looked at me and she said, Oh, um, we bumped your seat from six or five all the way to 20 something. <laughs> and I was like, all of a sudden, anger started coming up on me, and I was like, and my friend just went through. <laughs> he had the same seat, everything. And all of a sudden, this anger started coming up on me, and I was like, I was going to stand there, make a stand, and say, wait a minute. No, I have my ticket here that says, but what happened was I kept my calm, and I just accepted it, and I ended up in the back seat. But we have a choice if we're going to let anger control our life. So... That what happened. That wasn't a good day because when I went to the rental car, they gave me a souped-up Camaro to drive. <laughs> but the second thing to scripture, don't let anger be unresolved. Don't let the anger settle in your heart. The demonic kingdom operates in hate, as Pastor John said, unforgiveness, division, bitterness, destruction, dishonor, lust. And the devil dwells among those things. If we have it in our heart, he dwells among those things. And I like what Pastor John was sharing, and I just want to confirm that my friend who's a pastor, when he was transitioning from a house to a new house, he was living with the in-laws. And you know Japanese people, they have this paper thing with all the Japanese kanji on the, day, uh, on the door and leave it there. Anyway, every night at 12 midnight, his young son, baby, we just get up and start crying, 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 crying every night. And one day they were, so they said, something's wrong here. So they prayed, and God said, you see that thing up there? I want you to take it down. 
As soon as they took it down, the baby stopped crying. There's something that Satan would dwell on. If we, and just a picture on things. The Amplified says this. Do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. In the 1970s, you guys are all too young, but <laughs> there was a storm, uh, uh, a sitcom uh, with Flip Wilson, and he always used to say this, the devil made me do it. You ever heard of that? So he'll say, I have no responsibility for my actions because of the devil. That scene began in Genesis chapter 3, when you think about it. Because when God confronted Adam and said, why didn't you obey my commandment about partaking of the tree of good knowledge of good and evil? And what was the man's response? It's the woman that gave it to me. <laughs> and when God went to the woman... What was her response? It was the devil that made me do it. Eve gave the serpent authority over God's word. Adam and Eve, instead, they, instead of taking responsibility, they had given it over to the serpent, and the rest is history. Master, <laughs> Matthew 18, 34, and I'll close with this, and and we're going to see a video after this. He says, And his master was angry and delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. First of all, we know this. God forgives all our sins. Jesus was emphasizing this, the importance of forgiveness to others in our lives. We have a responsibility in this area. And unforgiveness is one of Satan's trap. Trap. It will give place for Satan to affect our lives. And we, if we harbor unforgiveness, it will lead to an unfulfilled and destructive life where God wants us to live a prosperous and blessed life. So we're going to show a video now before Pastor Eddie comes as part of the uh, Chosen series. Rama. 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 Are you okay? Smell. It's on all of you, but worse. Don't come any closer. Stop. Mary. Lilith. I don't answer to that name. Mm, they told me about you. Did they? All seven of them. My name is Mary. It was always Mary. Oh. The stories they had. You're scared. What's your name? Belial, spawn of Oriac's fifth night of legion. 
What's your real name? Get smell. It's on all of you. What did your mother call you? Can't say. <laughs> Please say your name. You're powerful scene. That's amazing. I want to just finish off and take a look at um, what is one of the most uh, dangerous tools that Satan uses against every single one of our lives. And sometimes we don't even realize how powerful that tool is. And we will face situations in our lives, every single one of us. I remember beginning my Christian life, and God blessed me so much in my life. I thought, and I was committing my life to him, serving him, and I thought, life is going so well. And I remember sitting down with a, a Christian uh, friend and telling them, you know, if, if you serve God and give your life to God, that your life is going to be blessed and pain-free and problem-free, and they looked at me and they said, um, uh, every person is going to go through, through much, there's a scripture in Acts, through much tribulation, you will come into the kingdom. And I thought, that just totally wrecked my concept of what it was to follow the Lord, you know, that uh, life was going to be uh, smooth sailing and blessed. And I 
for those of you that don't know, if you, if you live in a world full of sin, you're going to have the effects of uh, that kind of sin affect your life. Uh, and every single one of us have a choice of what, how we're going to respond when we face crisis, problems, doubts, uh, misjudgments, uh, miscommunication, failures, uh, disappointments in our lives. And this is a scripture that we'll take a look at. The greatest spiritual weapon is, what is it? Forgiveness. You know that um, this world is a whole lot better 2000, in the past 2,000 years than it ever has been before. There, there are nations that are so blessed, all because of what Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago has done. And uh, there are more democracies across the world. And I look back at the cross, and I think the cross made a difference. But you know what made the difference? It was what happened on the cross, because Jesus had a decision to make. And this is what Jesus told his disciples. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. You know what Jesus is saying? You have the power of choice. You can choose either to set a person free and forgive them, or you can hang on to unforgiveness, and you will imprison the person that uh, has hurt you. So we have a choice of what we can do. I remember my wife was telling me maybe a decade ago that she was just struggling with unforgiveness uh, towards one of the relatives. And that as soon as she let that forgiveness uh, go, let that bitterness go, that as soon as that happened, within a week, that person came to know Christ in their lives. And I'm wondering to myself in, my, in our lives that the people that we influence or want to see influenced can only be affected, and sometimes we are the obstacle standing in the way. Did you know that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he had a choice? Uh, just previous to the the cross, Jesus made the statement in Matthew 26 and verse 53 to his disciples because they wanted to fight just like what you saw the disciples try to do with that demon in verse 53 and says, do you, or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels, 12,000 angels will come to my rescue and it'll destroy the world because of the sin of uh, me being crucified. But instead of calling judgment into the world, when it was due the world, the powerful words of Jesus, because of a choice that he made, and every single one of us have a choice, was forgive them. And I like the last part of what he said, for they do not know what they do. And often we don't realize that we are so driven in this world with all kinds of temptations and passions and mistakes we make that cause hurt and pain in other people's lives. And every single one of us need forgiveness. 
Jesus gave that forgiveness. And as soon as that forgiveness was given, the world changed. And because of that forgiveness, our lives change. Uh, I think many, many times we don't realize how, if, if you can take a look at your life, how many of your, you can say that since following Jesus Christ, my life has really been blessed? How many of you can say that? <clears throat> About, um, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, I um, looked at my life and I thought, I can't believe this. And we're talking as a family together that um, some, one, one of us should get our real estate license because we went through about five or six real estate deals that amounted up to maybe five or six million dollars. You know, we thought, oh, how much money could we make if we were <laughs> a real estate agent at that time? And I kind of just took for granted that, that uh, we had processed that many different properties. And one day I was teaching our senior group about um, forgiveness and how important forgiveness is. And never realized that the blessings that we had financially was connected up to something that I had had to make a decision on. Uh, I was involved in a uh, business transaction. And my partner in that business transaction had uh, convinced me that we should get involved in several hundred thousands of dollars of debt. And the Bible says, don't get into debt with somebody else. <laughs> don't sign and co-sign for them. You know, and I did that. Uh, and about two years later, the money was gone. And my business partner decided not to pay his portion back. And I was left with the entire amount. And I can, I can remember struggling with that. You know, that I should get a lawyer, take him to court, get all of this set up. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me about that. He says, just let this go. You know, cover it. I will bless you if you cover it. And I thought, it was so hard. I mean, it was really a tough, tough decision, you know, to have to pay back money that uh, I was foolish enough to be convinced to take on. But, and, and when I did, the Lord just lifted this sense of uh, bitterness and unforgiveness and this grudge in my heart. <clears throat> and I didn't realize, but as I looked back at that time, that was the key that turned everything around. And all of a sudden, because it was a financial uh, struggle, it became a financial blessing. And when I left, left that up to God, I can't even begin to imagine what God was going to do. And I looked back, and all this money started flowing through my life. And I thought, where did it all come from? How did that happen? And this is a scripture I want to end with. And I, I know that this is not an easy subject for many of us because you're facing situations in your life. I faced them. Uh, you know, I thought that betrayal and uh, hurt and misunderstanding and um, accusations and all the things that can hurt you uh, was things I, I wasn't going to face. But I faced it in ministry all through the decades. And I've come to a 
crossroads and I've had to make a decision. Jesus came to a crossroad. He made a decision and has blessed the world because of the decision he's made. The decision that I made years ago has blessed our family in a tremendous way. And I believe that when you come to a crossroads where you have to forgive or not to forgive, and it's not easy. I can remember spending two years just asking God to help me with my attitude and my heart. I wanted to forgive. I knew it was right, but it wasn't easy to just let go. And it took years for it just to be able to uh, get resolved. But there's sometimes that the decision that you make to want to forgive and to, to let an issue go that God will help you with, with grace. And when you do, there's, there's a blessing that follows that. And this is uh, Job's example. Uh, Job chapter 42 and verse 10. And, you know, you can read through the entire uh, 42 chapters of Job. It is, it is a, a, just such a, a major emotional upheaval for any person to go through what he, what he went through. So blessed with so much in his life. And all of a sudden, within a day, everything he had was taken from him. You know, how, 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 would, be, uh, how would you face something like that? This is what the, the, the Lord says in the scriptures. In chapter 42, the last chapter of Job, when, uh, when God shows Job how powerful, beautiful, holy he is, and he sees his own nature, you know, he always uh, justified himself and saying, God, why are you doing this to me? You know, uh, I'm a good person. I've helped people. Uh, he was the, one of the most righteous men in all the earth. But no matter how good we are, there's always areas in our lives that need to be dealt with. It doesn't matter who, how long we've lived for the Lord and how old we are. And when he saw the Lord for who God truly was, he was humbled. And he opened his heart to the Lord. And he said, Lord, I see you for who you are. And the Lord directed him, pray for your friends that were so inconsiderate and uh, that were uh, badgering him and uh, making him feel so guilty. And this is what the Bible says as soon as he did that. And the Lord restored, God just opened the windows of heaven to Job, restored the fortunes of Job. doesn't say how he did it. And God can do miracles at any time he wants to. He restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And sometimes it's really hard to pray for people who hurt us. <laughs> And for Job, it was 42 chapters of just being badgered with negative thoughts and accusations. And he was just disappointed with these three guys and just wanted to get rid of them. You know, that's how we feel about people sometimes. And the, this is what it says. The Lord gave Job twice as much as what he had before. You know, we don't realize the blessings that's right around the corner in our lives when we make the proper choice. Jesus knew what was ahead of him when he chose forgiveness. And God brings us to our crossroads in life.
with all the situations we face to be forgiving also. Can you just bow your heads in prayer? I know that each one of us face different situations that might not be as extreme as what we've seen uh, in the chosen this week. But there's different degrees in which the demonic kingdom will have its influence in our lives. It might be very, very slight in different ones of us and more extreme in others. But I believe one of the ways that we are affected is to try and hang on, thinking that if we are unforgiving, we can somehow uh, hurt the other person and uh, somehow get justified. And the Lord's saying, just let it go. Because I can work it out far better than you can. And you just open your heart and say, Lord, wherever those areas are that I need to get dealt with, please deal with me. And you just bow your heads, everybody. Close your eyes. I'm wondering how many in this place this morning that you are struggling with that area in your own life. It might be a family member. It might be a father, mother. It might be a neighbor. It might be a work associate. <clears throat> Someone that has deeply hurt you and you need to give them forgiveness. And you want to do that in your life. And you might be having a hard time, but you say, I, I want to I start. Help me. Can you just raise your hands right where you are? I'm going to pray with you. Okay, great, great. Lord, you know every heart, every life far better than we know ourselves. And you've allowed situations to come into our lives, our relationships and circumstances that have brought hurt and deep pain in, in our lives. And you're teaching us how to be like you. And we, we struggle with that model of Jesus who was so forgiving. We ask you for grace in every single one of our lives this morning so that we can become who you are. Do that work in each heart and each life. Help us to realize that the stories we see in the scriptures and the testimonies we hear in life of how you bless those that take that step and come to that place of the crossroads and make the, the decision to be forgiving that, Lord, you would give to, that, to, to us the power to be able to do that. And we trust you and believe you to accomplish that in every single one of our lives. We ask in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, amen. Why don't you stand as we close in, in our worship. Thank you for your promises on our lives. God, that you are the father to the fatherless, that you are the one who brings justice uh, to those who have been offended. And God, we surrender our lives to you, knowing, Lord, that you are the one that brings that vengeance is yours and you will repay, says the Lord. And we give you all of our burdens, all of the, the things that trouble us. And God, we want to 
use our position as ambassadors of you in the same way that you forgave and you released the offense and that God seated you high above all uh, principalities and powers and gave you a name that's higher than every other name. Lord, we thank you that that authority and every good thing that you want to give comes through the door of offense and through forgiveness. And God, we just pray that we would take our rightful place as a church and to release those things. God, you, I just see that God wants to give out like these medals of authority and he's asking for his church to, to release these offenses. And as we give these offenses up to him and trust him to be the one who has vengeance, the one that administers justice, that he's handing out these badges of authority. And, and Lord, we just pray that you would uh, give to your church those uh, a greater authority, Lord, that you want to, to give as we release uh, our offenses to you. We thank you for the privilege to be your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. Can we give him a hand?